Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Alpha. We can be as badass as we want. We now live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedom, the press destroys information, religion destroys morals, our banks destroy the economy, the inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression, and you can go down the line, you can go down the line. Good evening. I'm Alpha. This is the Alpha Show. Now, the master of common sense, take no prisoners in politics and game making. The man from Chicago who's got their numbers. This is Advanced Urban Political Talk Radio with Alpha. Here's Alpha. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. And welcome to another episode of the Alpha Show here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. I'm feeling a little bit queasy here. My uh, CEO and secretary and big sister is here on time, so something's up. I'm a little I don't know. Well, anyway, let me soldier on. At least she's on time. Uh, I want to know where all of the, well, she's here. She's the number one. But I want to know where all of the rest of the, Trump's going to win funding, huh? 516. 6669516 please david david please please call me i'm begging you okay all right all right jay 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 please please call me please you was talking about trump was going to win trump was going to win you were scared you ain't got no room for no scared people you got to put your head down and march on. You can't be scared. You cannot be afraid. And uh, there are a couple of things that um, we have to speak about. We have to speak on. Everybody's wringing their hands about the impending runoffs in Georgia. I don't know why you're wringing your hands. We can't win. And we, it's not that we can't win because we didn't vote or the people and the good people in Georgia didn't come out. They put up what is called a, a sleeper cell. 
And uh, uh, I got it posted in the chat room, but I also got it uh, recorded, and I grabbed the sound bite. And uh, the sound bite will tell you everything you need to know. Mr. Joe Manchin, West Virginia, Blue Dog, Democrat, conservative Democrat. He's vowed that he basically told the GOP they got nothing to worry about. It'll never be a 50-50 tie. He will vote with them. I ask you, I ask you, why is he in the Democratic caucus? Why does he, and he's he's got a lot of seniority. They're apt to give him all kind of perks. You know, Chuck Schumer, they believe in seniority. I don't give a damn about your seniority. Tell me what your agenda is. Tell me what your agenda is. And his agenda is to undermine the Democratic, the progressive agenda. If you're a sellout moderate, you're all right. He'll vote with you. But if you're a progressive and you want nationwide more than $15 an hour, He's not going to go with you. Nope, 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 nope. We can't have Nope, 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 nope. Can't have that. If you want public option in the Affordable Care Act, nope, 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 nope. We can't have that either because he's going to vote with Mitch McConnell and the good old boys. Someone cue the banjo, please. Uh, Green New Deal? No, 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 no. He's going to vote with Republicans. You can't have renewable energy. We got to go with what burns, be it oil, be it fracking, the natural gas. It's all he wants to vote on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, I forgot what I named this clip. Then I really remembered real fast. Real fast, I remember. I call it Trader Joe. You know, like the store. <laughs> Here it is. Try this out. Let's. Just, just, just listen to this. Mansion, he joins us tonight. Senator, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Brett. You know, a lot of focus now on those Georgia runoffs, and potentially, if it all adds up, Tom Tillis wins in North Carolina, Dan Sullivan in Alaska. It looks like those two races could be the control of the U.S. Senate, with a tie then going to Vice President Harris. Uh, what do you tell people about that and concern about that, considering all we've heard about the progressive agenda? Well, there's a lot of people that are concerned. There's a lot of fear tactics that are being used right now, Brett. 
If both of the Georgia uh, senators were elected from the Democratic Party, uh, then that would be 50-50 if both Dan Sullivan and Tom Tillis win. 50-50 means there's a tie. But if one senator does not vote on a Democratic side, there is no tie and there is no bill. So I commit to you tonight, and I commit to all of your viewers and everyone else that's watching, I want to lay those fears, I want to rest those fears for you right now, because when they talk about whether it be packing the courts or ending the filibuster, I will not vote to do that. I will not vote to pack the courts, I think, and I will not vote to end the filibuster. Brett, this system, the Senate was so unique body in the world, it was made to work together in a bipartisan way. And once you start breaking down those barriers, then you lose every, every reason that we are the institution that we are, the most deliberate body. So I want to lay those fears to rest, that that won't happen because I will not be the 50th Democrat voting to end that uh, filibuster or to basically uh, block, stack the court. And then all the other things you're hearing about, Brett, also is defund the police. I don't know of any of the Democrats in the caucus that are for defunding the police. We're not for that whatsoever. And when they talk about basically uh, Medicare for all, we can't even pay for Medicare for some. It doesn't make any sense at all. We've got to fix the Affordable Care Act we have, and I think our Republican, moderate Republicans will work with us to now repair what needs to be repaired. Let me just clarify here, Senator. You're saying definitively tonight that even if Democrats take control and Chuck Schumer becomes the Senate Majority Leader, that they try to break the filibuster, say the filibuster is over, you will definitively vote against that? Absolutely. I will vote against that. They have, I've been very clear about that. I'm the only Democrat senator that has voted against the filibuster, which is what the nuclear option that Harry Reid did in 2013. And I voted against the uh, nuclear option when Mitch McConnell did it in 2017 for the Supreme Court. I thought we should be working together. It should take a minimum of 60. And that means you're going to have to have a few Democrats or Republicans, depending on who's in the majority, to work together. That's what we're all about. Why would you break that down? And there's no need to have the Senate. All right. So there are some Republicans who will say to you, I don't buy it. There's going to be too much pressure on you. Chuck Schumer is going to come hard and he's going to say, I'll give you a chairmanship of X, Y, Z. And they're going to come hard to get that vote. You voted some key votes against uh, Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation. You said you didn't like the process, if I remember right. Uh, you said she was qualified, but you voted against her. You voted against the $500 billion COVID relief bill. You said it wasn't big enough. Uh, but if you were a Republican, you would have voted for it. Uh, you voted for the Justice Act, the Tim Scott uh, bill, and for the USMCA. But and if I you're a Republican for, voted, and you look at you, Neil, I, I mean, Brett, I voted for Neil Gorsuch. I voted for Brett Kavanaugh. I was against this process because never in the history of, our, of the United States of America have we ever confirmed a Supreme Court justice when a vacancy happened between July and November. And I've been very clear about that. I voted for Amy Comey Barrett for the 17th Circuit. I'm not going to break precedent. So if I can take that type of pressure, if I can vote for Brett Kavanaugh, the only Democrat, if I can take that type of pressure, you don't think that I can basically justify what I'm going to be doing and how I'm going to vote, knowing that I'm sitting in the seat that Robert C. Byrd held, who wrote the rules of the Senate? This is an institution. And you wouldn't that has become be a Republican. Protected. You don't need whether you're, a Democrat. D, whether you're D or not, right? I'm a, I'm a proud, moderate, conservative Democrat. Maybe there's not many of us left, but I can tell you this country wants a moderation. This country, you run your life, you run your business from the middle, not from the fringes. 
And that's where I've always been. So for something, whatever the message was, it was wrong for this many people to be split. For us not to be able to have a message that didn't scare the bejesus out of people. And when you're talking about basically Green New Deal and all this socialism, that's not who we are as a Democratic Party. It's not how I was raised in West Virginia. It's not the Democrats I know. But yet we've been tagged. If you have a D by your name, you must be for all the crazy stuff, and I'm not. I'm going to play a soundbite here. This is you talking about the Trump tax cuts, and now the (laughs) president-elect, Joe Biden. Okay. The bottom line is the president started out the conversation. This is not a tax cut for the rich. Myself nor any of the one percenters are going to get tax cuts. Uh, This is going to be about mainstream, about us creating an opportunity stimulating this economy, being globally competitive. He does take advantage of the tax cut. That's why I'm going to eliminate the Trump tax cuts. So, as a Democrat, would you vote to eliminate the Trump tax there, cuts? There are some adjustments that need to be made. There's been adjustments all along that need to be made. I was against when he went to 21 percent. I said, Mr. President, please, for every 1 percent that you reduce from 35 down to 21, I said, 25 would be a great place for us to stop and would be very competitive in the superpower of the world. For every 1 percent of that uh, of the uh, uh, taxing, uh, it's $100 billion, Brett. $100 billion, yeah. corporate tax, 1 percent. And I said, sir, we can't give away that much. Well, we still have obligation. Brett, as of this morning, we're over $27 trillion, $27 trillion of debt. Never before have we amassed this much debt in this short of a time other than World War II. So we've got to get our financial house in order. And nobody has talked about that. Nobody. But That's we don't true. need to it raise It was not an issue in this election. Let me ask you one last thing, Senator, and we appreciate your time. What's the message to your party as you look at the split in the country? Seventy-one million people plus said, we want Donald Trump's vision for the country. What's the message for your party that you take from this election? Well, the message from my party is that look at the the individual. Look at the people running, whether it be in Georgia. Do they understand the the farmers? Do they understand rural Georgia? Do they understand basically the health care needs of rural America? In this country has been split right now, Brett, down the middle between rural and urban. And it's getting further, and the divide's getting further and further. I come from the rural part of this country. My whole state is rural. And I guarantee you one thing, you've got to scrap to survive. And these are hardworking people. They felt like they were left behind. No one was listening to them. And I think we can bring that back together. Basically, as we do in energy policy, you have to have, be independent, energy independent in this country. You can't eliminate certain things. We're going to use fossil in its cleanest fashion. We're going to be basically moving towards renewables. We can do all of that, but we have to use everything you have. But you can't leave an area behind. When the coal market goes out, you've got to be able to bring other different opportunities to the people in the hardworking areas that built this Amer- to build America and build the country. That's what we're working on. We are still a party that has compassion. We are still a party that has sympathy and empathy. Yeah. We have to work together. But you know one thing? My Republican friends, are, these are all good people. Can't we work together? We might have a different idea of how to fix a problem, but we can work together to try to solve them rather than basically blaming each other. And that's what's happened to America. Well, Senator, we appreciate your time. I bet some Democrats are doing some math after your comments uh, tonight. And uh, thanks a lot. We'll see what goes forward. Well, we're not going to, we're not going to run this country. We're going to bring this country together. Now, you tell me, what part of we want to go to move to renewable energy? He's against it. He wants to burn stuff. He wants to. Nobody's talking about jumping on renewable 
energy and stopping fossil fuel within a span of a year or so. That's going to take time. But he's not with it either way. Did you hear him mimic the 71 million that Donald Trump got to vote for him? Damn. Damn the damn near 80 million that Biden got. Or after the voting, he will have. 80 million is more than 71 million any day of the week and twice on Sundays. This is one of the, let's get his ass out of there. This is a reason to begin a certain level of purity. Joe Manchin is not does not have the interest of a progressive at heart. The Chuck Schumers, the Dick Durbins, and all of those moderate Democrats, those centrists who want to play nice with the people who for four years have coddled the white nationalists who have held hands to racists, who wants to overlook. Did you hear him say they're nice people? People in West Virginia. The, the Republic, my Republican friends on the other side, there's some nice people there. These are the same people who supported Trump and the Nazis carrying the tiki torches. You cannot miss or you cannot ignore who he is or what he is. And the fact that he's already said he's going to vote with, vote with, the Republicans, on basically every important issue, tells you regardless to what happens in Georgia, it ain't going to happen. The Biden agenda, the progressive liberal agenda, it's not going to happen. So do we just take our bats and balls and tennis shoes and go home? Hell no. We got to do like Republicans do. We have to look two years in front of us. He's up for he's up for the vote in two years, I believe. And we've got to be there waiting for him to rebuke him, to turn him out. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough because those people in West Virginia love him because they believe, and in a way they're correct, they believe that he's fooling a lot of Democrats, especially the moderate Democrats, 
who worked hand-in-hand with Joe Manchin, who was an obstructionist to a progressive agenda, to getting things done. Did you, did you hear him say he's not for packing the courts? He's using the same lingo of the right. And it's not packing the courts. They pack the courts. We are simply looking to balance the court. To balance the court to logic. To logic. But with Joe Manchin, a 50-50 tie is a loss. Just like Biden had to be, he didn't have to win 50 plus one. He had to win 55, 57 percent to win. There are things, there are questions. Donald Trump positioning to run in 2024. Well, you can't run if you are felon. You cannot run if you've been convicted and you are a felon. You still haven't seen your taxes, sir. And state charges cannot be part wire fraud, mail fraud, insurance fraud. Loan sharking, or should I say money laundering. All of those are felonies, and that's what's waiting for him on the 21st of January. He's a unnamed co-conspirator with Michael Cohen. Now, somebody help me out here. And uh, I might have to go to my uh, my secretary slash CEO slash big sister slash lawyer. Can he run for president if he has a felony conviction? I don't think so. I might have been asleep or high. In civics class, and uh, that was short for study class, because uh, going to a black high school here in Chicago, we didn't have civics. Yeah, that's back in the late 60s, early 70s. I just couldn't help it. (laughs) So somebody help me out here. Who is a who is a law abiding citizen? Who's a lawyer? Can he run as a convicted felon? And if that's the case, you convict his daughter, his sons, you convict them all. That's what I mean by 
thinking far ahead. You convict him now as a felon. He can't run. He can have uh, uh, an opposing view of a fox, but fox is huge, and um, they should crush him like a bug before he gets started. Really, you have to have a way to stop this man. You see, what he is doing and what he'll do, he's laying the path for another authoritarian fascist. Someone like the boy from Arkansas, the senator from Arkansas, what's his name? What's his name? I can't. I must be getting old because my mind is... uh, my mind ain't playing tricks on me, but I just can't remember certain things. The senator from Arkansas, the one who ran to Iran and committed treason. Uh, senator, uh, oh, hell. <laughs> His name escapes me, but um, Cooks, Cobb, um, What's the senator's name from from Arkansas? Cotton. Senator Tom Cotton. Now that's the threat. That there is your threat. He is a very wise authoritarian. He is a very wise fascist. And you would be hard-pressed to catch him, corner him, do anything to him. You're right. I don't think he can pardon himself. But uh, Mike Pence can pardon him. (laughs) He can quit on the 19th. And on the morning of the 20th, Mike Pence being president can pardon him for all crimes except except for the state crimes. And that's what will get him. That's what will get him. Mike Pence He's up to his albino eyebrows in this. And it's just, I don't know, I'll call it, it's just sickening. But um, give me a call, 516-666-9516. For those who want to come in and say, I told you so, where's David? Come on. Come on, 612, come on. Don't be scared. (laughs) Come on, Jay. Come on, swallow some of that food in your mouth and call me. 
Jesus. I can't. I can't even go to any of them to call it in since Donald Trump is going down. He's not just going down. He's shamefully going out the door. Because a lot of them, a lot of the departments of Homeland Security, here's Homeland Security. It says that there was no fraud. And he was he's angry about that. And I still haven't put two and two together and find out why he's firing so many um, of the heads. He's chopping off the heads at uh, the Pentagon. Anybody care to weigh in on that? Don't tell me that, Dennis. David wasn't a troll. He's not a paid troll. He's an independent that likes to hear both sides. And he can tell you what he's experienced and how many people are coming up to him and saying, you a talking point, please. How many people were worried about the smoldering buildings, black people marching in the streets. I don't think it mattered. Because it wasn't the black people who were doing the rioting and the burning. The Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys, dressed all in black. I got to say it, you know, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. These, these people with nothing better to do, whether they're paid or not, it's so offensive it's so offensive. I called um, I called Dean Obadout this evening, and I called him because I found the the answer to the real welfare state. There are 23 welfare, red, red welfare states, 23 of them. Only one of them puts in a dollar to the coffers and to the tax trough, and that's Texas. Texas gets 94 cents back. 94 cents. I'll tell you. Um, 
Texas gets 94. And, you know, Trump is feuding with uh, Como of New York about this vaccine that isn't ready yet. But Trump is out there trying to take the credit for it. And he did not, uh, he, they were not in that, uh, in that group funded by the U.S. government. What did he call it? Operation what? Warp Speed. Operation Warp Speed. And um, Pfizer wasn't a part of Warp Speed. But, of course, it don't matter. Trump, Trump is going to take advantage of it anyway. He's going to at least say that uh, that's their idea, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. Take credit for it. But it's not working. He came out to address the nation about this vaccine as the death toll rises, as the number of cases rises, people needing hospitalization has filled all the beds in the country. And instead of these governors just building triage tents, tent cities and expanding the expanding the um, ICU units. It just makes absolutely no sense. If nothing else, we can give a dollar and get a dollar. The people who are yelling socialism and they don't want to live under socialism are the very people taking the socialism. These red states, they're the ones looking to get the socialism. Mississippi. Mississippi. They give a dollar, but they get $2.02 back. Alaska gets a dollar eighty four back. And eighty four ninety four. It's kinda of small print. Louisiana gets a dollar seventy eight. West Virginia. Joe Manchin's stomping grounds gets a dollar seventy. Now I'll ask you and I'll ask you like this. Could they take a in Mississippi's place, could they take a hundred and two percent cut in what they get? Alaska. Could Alaska take an eighty four percent cut? 
Louisiana, 78% cut. West Virginia, 76% cut. North Dakota, 68% cut. On down the line, South Dakota, 58%. Alabama, 66%. Kentucky, old Mitch McConnell plays, 51%. Could he take a 51% cut? If everybody wants a dollar back for a dollar, if they take these cuts. See. Yeah, that's right. Virginia gets a dollar fifty one. They're considered a blue state now. Hawaii gets a buck forty four. There's a whole a whole chart here. And it's just it's just crazy. But none of them wants any of that socialism. No, 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 no. Don't give me any of that socialism. You cannot give me any of that socialism. And I think if you push them and they lose that revenue, then they will be more receptive and you could talk them better into a state bank. Is that being is that being too wishful thinking? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> what did you say, Janice? They won't blame McConnell? They'll blame the black woman. <laughs> and AOC and Presley and Omar, etc. That's because Democrats won't open their mouths to defend it. Isn't it a shame? Isn't it a crime? Spare me. Democrats check out. They don't defend. They don't message. All they do is keep their heads down. And beg for your vote every two years, every four years. Where's Jay? Why won't Jay call me? Maybe he can maybe he can save Trump. Maybe so. I hope so. Come on, Jay. Come on. 
Dennis? <laughs> Are you going to call 516-666-9516? And y'all just call and tell me how you got it wrong, like the polls. And you have to ask yourself, you got to think about one thing. Donald Trump, he had 62 million votes for him last time. He added 9 million. He added 9 million. 9 million people saw this. Saw the children in cages. A quarter million dead from a virus that should have been snuffed. And they still voted for him. And that's what the media is paying attention to. Damn the damn the 80 million that voted for Biden. So somebody please. Bannon's already indicted. Dennis. Dennis. Leave that wine alone, Dennis. Just eat the dinner. <laughs> I don't want you calling me inebriated here. Or you might as well, since Jay ain't going to call. I thought Jay had a spine and he would call me and tell me why Trump lost. Even though he was looking for Trump to win. I can't find him anywhere. I play I play poker on the computer online. All of those Trump followers are gone. They're hiding their faces. Talking about truck drivers striking. It's not going to happen, people. Not going to happen. There are too many things that are going on in this country. And too many things that Democrats can willfully look away from. Republicans do not go home. The election of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, does not mean you can go home. You cannot go home. <laughs> You cannot go home. Did I piss her off? Five one six 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 nine five one six is the number. Let me see your five six one. Thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Janice. Alpha. 
Why you come on the air talking talking smash all night long? <laughs> well, I, I mean, so you really want to know? You really want to know? Because because somebody pushed me off the cliff on my on my day after election day show, and I couldn't do that show. And then Friday they cut my knees out from under me by only giving me 15 minutes on the air. And this is the first show I've had. That <laughs> well, if you would pay attention to the technology, you could have saved your show last Friday, but you oh, didn't. Oh, but... oh, 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 it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alphonse, here, yeah. here's some things to think about, some things I've been thinking about. I don't know why you were talking about Joe Manchin because um, AOC and the and the squad are gonna take care of him. They're gonna take care of him in what? Because they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna hold the establishment hostage around him to pull him in. They're gonna hold him hostage around uh, midterm PAC money. That's what they're going to hold him hostage with. But I, I didn't call to talk about Joe Manchin. Uh, Tom Cotton. But I, I do want to say that I know, and I didn't place a bet with you around this election, but I do want to say somewhere around 25,000 of those votes cast uh, for Donald Trump are suspicious. But I'm just saying that, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think that the people that stole the election for him the last time failed to steal the election for him this time because he was such a disaster and they couldn't get anything out of him. So that's it. Around when say, that. When you say they couldn't get anything out of him, what does that mean? It means that the for the purposes of why they needed to manipulate him, the sanctions, the Russian sanctions, have not been lifted. Um, he screwed up and threw Bannon, who was the brain of the operation, out of the White House. He ended up being impeached, and on the way to impeachment, there was a special counsel... And, you know, okay, I'm going to keep on. There was a special counsel, which he didn't do anything to avoid. He was, the, as a matter of fact, he led, he led the, the, the troops to appoint a special counsel. He didn't stop it. And there was just so much confusion that he became useless. But I do want to say, and I, I've said it 
before that I believe that some of these Senate races where incumbent senators were expected to lose their seats, that something happened there. Yeah. I believe I, I believe that in Florida something happened there. I believe even though he has won Georgia, the Senate race in Georgia, something happened there. So uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. But, um, but I think that we are in the worst turbulence now in this period than we have seen in these four years. Uh, one of the things, you know, you, you look at what's, I'm getting feedback. Why am I getting feedback? There's nobody here but me, and I'm quiet. Okay. Why are you getting feedback? I don't know. I bet it's so, you. It's you. Here, here's the thing that I should, I think we should be concerned about. He has already sent a posse of plumbers into the Pentagon, and I think we're going to have to watch very closely and be prepared to be horrified about what he is about to do. And it has to do with Syria. It has to do with Turkey, and it has to do with Iran. You, Secretary Pompeo is on his way to Israel to meet with another corrupt criminal president, Netanyahu. And I think it is not about some damn award that some group in Israel gave Pompeo. I think it is about well that's that's the official word. Right. That he you know. But I think it has to do with Iran. And if I had the powers I would be looking at the air traffic out of Saudi Arabia to Israel right now. And the air traffic uh between um <clears throat> between um I'm sorry, Russia and Israel. So that's one set of things that I think we have to be prepared. They may very well, something that they have had wet dreams for the last four years about, aggravate war with Iran. So everybody ought to be keeping their eye on what happens in Iran. The other is that during this time period, you know, everybody knows that he's fleecing his base at this point to finance his debt and
man to finance. I would I would be surprised if he were if he were in the process or something's afoot about two or three of his major properties at this point. Trump Towers, Mar-a-Lago, and Westchester in New Jersey. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if something either uh Westchester or the Trump Hotel in the postal old postal building in in uh, Washington DC. I wouldn't be surprised. There is a reason that he moved his election night celebration from the hotel to the White House. And what Americans ought to be really pissed about is the level of of hatch violations undertaken oh. by the White House staff. He don't give a damn about no hatch violations. So all they're going to do is say how old the law is, even though it is the law. So, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be a turbulent time. I think it was a miscalculation by the Dem- the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi and Jim Clyburn and others, uh, Schiff included, not to take a swipe and put Bill Barr out of operation. Even well, if they, they did nothing they but push him up against the wall where two things could potentially happen. One thing would be that he would lose his law license, and the second thing would be that he would be impeached. Um, Jeff. Jeff. What? Jeff. Let me put what you on hold here. Let me put you on hold here. There's, a, there's another uh, call here. I'm going to hang up with you, Jay. No, no, no. no <laughs> I know what you're no, doing. No, no. I know what you're doing. No. Okay, you're going to no, mute me. No, Go no, ahead, no. mute me. I'm going to mute you. I'm going to mute you. 646, are you there? And, and, and I, heard, I heard you called me out, man. Um, I BJ just told me you, you called me out. I called you out, It ain't nothing to beat you. You don't want to say he's going to win. You don't want to say he's going to win. I thought he was winning. It ain't over yet. And don't don't make it seem like it's over yet now. It ain't June 20th or 2020. January. What do you mean it's not over, Jay? Jay, Jay, what do you mean it's not over? I'm saying that Fredo <laughs> is up to every trick what's so possible. Now, it's he more than likely he ain't going to be able to win it, and he's going to be on his way to jail. I'm very clear on that. But you know something, Alpha? You got bigger issues then Trump, to be honest with you, your issues, I'll give you three issues. Number one issue is Georgia. Number two issue is 
Merchant. And number three oh. issue is Mitch McConnell. Unfortunately, what's going to happen is 
you're going to be back in the same situation. Now, let me tell you this. This is where it may slow down a little bit is because the Republican Party right now is so fractured. It wasn't that strong, and you don't really have no Tea Party like you had back in when Obama began his turn to be able to organize and maybe get, you know, control of the House and the Senate again like they've had. So you may have a chance to get rid of some of the obstructionists in 2022. That may be the best scenario and the best chance to get ahead because, let's be clear, Biden's not going to do a second term. So the question becomes, who's going to be the next darling of the Democratic Party? Now, it looks like they're making some smart moves because it seems like, from what they're saying, Jamie Harrison is going to become the head of the DNC. That may be a good move because that Tom Perez is a piece of trash. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stacey, Stacey Abrams is now going to be the gatekeeper of, you know, in a sense, the Democratic Party. And if Harrison gets in as the head of the DNC, then you're going to see the strategies of Stacey Abrams put into play while she goes and run in 2022, I think it is, for governor of Georgia. So there's some decent possibilities ahead for the Democrats if it's done right, if it's worded right, to be able to maybe move forward in the years ahead. Because, listen, fiscal conservatism is coming back into play. It's going to come into play every type of situation that the Democrats are going to try to do. McConnell is going to block it. It's going to be obstruction, obstruction, obstruction. Now, if you have somebody like Jamie Harrison at the head of the Democratic Party, he'll put out, I think, the right messages to kind of react. And hopefully, with the lessons that have been learned, and people like Natasha Brown getting in the position to move forward also and use some of the special things that she used, to help the Democratic Party, then maybe there'll be some some, some help on the way. But the thing you got to watch out for is this. How is it going to be the interactions between the Latino community and the black community in the, in the yeah. years to come? Because when you took Latino community, don't give a F about black people. Don't let that fool you. And they ain't really looking to work in no type of coalition with black folks. They're looking to enslave us. Unfortunately, we're not intelligent enough to realize that. Hopefully we may. But I see the Latinos are just as much a threat as I do Republicans when it comes down to power. Now, you can do your thing. I'm here. Well, Jay, I'm going to say this, Jay. Um, You'll forgive us if somehow we listen to your theories, but we just set them on the back burner until later. Because you show Mr. Big Burner with uh, your Donald Trump, he's going to win again. 
But uh, I don't hold that against you. I don't hold. I don't hold that against you. Because it, I know where because you stand from. Hey, listen, Alpha. Alpha, listen to me very clearly. The reality is, I could be wrong about Donald Trump, but I'm not wrong about Mitch McConnell. I'm not wrong about Merchant. And the bottom line is, between Merchant and Mitch McConnell, you don't get nothing done. So what's the difference in having Biden in office and Trump in office? Hey, I already know that. Like I just told you, I played an eight-minute clip of of, uh, Manchin talking with uh, Breyer on Fox News. And he basically said he's voting with the Republicans. There will be no 50-50 split. So how you win it? How you win it? So how are you in a position to make change? You know, look, think about look, it. This is how you this is how you're in a position to make change. And I started going through that. If when did you start listening to the show, Jay? Um, around did around you, five or, five or ten minutes ago when I when I called in because okay, I had okay, saw okay. with um BJ had that. So, so so you missed most of it. You you missed you no, missed just me. You missed me hollering. Just do a quick tonight. You got to pick up quick. <laughs> From the uh, beginning of the show. Like I said, Joe Manchin and and the Republican Party, they've had a thing here for some time. Joe Manchin has been nothing but a spy for Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate. He runs back and tells them all of their plans. And Democrats fill it out there like uh, there are no uh, Trojan horses in their midst. But uh, Joe Manchin is nothing more than a Trojan horse. There, there will be the only way they can do that is to go dollar for dollar. Dollar for dollar, Jay. You know what dollar for dollar is? If you give a dollar into the tax coffers, you get a dollar. Mitch McConnell should get a dollar for dollar. That means he'll get a 58% cut in the amount of federal money he gets from the tax tax contributions to his state. He's going to lose 58%. Mississippi will lose 102%. And if you lose that state money... The first thing, the first thing that will happen to you is that you will eventually lose your job. And you not, not, your not, job you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Look at his state. Look at his state. You're wrong. Look at Texas. Look at excuse me. Look at Kentucky, and look at how long he's been in office. And out of all of the years that he's been in office. It's he's never got because of his power. Jay, he won't be up for another six years. But it will but the reality is, but the reality is, you're looking at a situation, my man, for the last, what, what are we talking about? 20 years where his state hasn't grown? In the last 20 years that he's been in office for the amount of power that he has? To be able to justify the basket being in office? What are you, crazy? 
No, Jay. But we have no kids that about his constituents. Well. Who can tell you that? His constituents may care about his constituents. You think the the people in Arkansas, you think the people in Louisiana, you think the people, all of these red states, except for one, and that's Texas. Texas gets 94 cents for every dollar that they send. Everybody else gets above a dollar twenty. So, do you think these hey, red hey, states hey, hey, Alpo. a twenty percent hey, cut? Hey, Alpo. South Carolina just proved my point. They allowed that piece of garbage, Lindsey Graham, to get back in the office by busted. I mean, he didn't beat up on on Harrison. He busted him up. And Harrison raised more money, basically, than any other Democratic senator in the country. And he got destroyed. You know why? You know why? Because whiteness, whiteness is protected over everything. And that's, that's what it goes on in Kentucky and basically all of those southern states. And the only southern state that's proven you wrong is two. Texas, in a sense, and Georgia. And Georgia will now show you, this is my prediction, Georgia will now show you whiteness as whiteness is depending on how this senatorial races go in Georgia. That's going to probably be, when it's all said and done, the same as what happened in South Carolina with Lindsey Graham and Harrison, if you're going to predict whiteness and how whiteness behaves. So all of that talk about money and all of this other stuff, to me, I just laugh at it. Because the bottom line is, they got to let it do what it do now. You got to let it play out the way it play out now. And I'm telling you that between Manchin and Mitch McConnell, and the rest of them clowns, business ain't going to get done. The only thing that may get done is the stock market, once this vaccine is implemented and it doesn't work on the level that it's supposed to, and Mitch McConnell decide that he want to raise hell and cause problems, then we may have some problems. But it ain't over yet. You would hope. You would hope that the economy, to be honest with you, would tank, would tank in order to force McConnell to behave in the fashion necessary for the country to move forward. But if the economy doesn't tank, it's going to be obstruction from now to never worry. And you know something? I'm the type of individual that's going to get richer. It's going to be obstruction. I'm going to get rich in the the Joe That's the difference. That's the difference. I'm going to get richer in this crisis. Well, if that's what your if that's what your aim is, you're going to get richer anyway. But uh, I'm just I'm just saying. I what you what you're telling me something that I've already know. Joe okay, Manchin. so there ain't nothing to grin about. They know, they know. If that's the case, I 
There ain't no reason for you to gloat about Trump being out of office. Because, see, the thing is this. Trump is an idiot. No, no, it's really not. Because you know something? Think about it this way, Al. Think about it this way. You would think with Trump getting out of office that things are going to get better for the country. But the reality is... It's going to probably be worse now because we're in a pandemic, in a crisis, and we got total obstruction that's going to be over the top. You just seen what happened with the stimulus bill. They couldn't even get nothing done with the stimulus bill, and they ain't even looking They let those Americans swing in the wind and fall now. And, they and what did those Americans do? And what they, they, they know about Alpha? Do you they get Alpha? There still you go. Now you get it. Now you get it. They voted for Susan Collins. They voted for Tom Tillis. They voted for that clown Cornyn in Texas. They voted for all of them. So what is they that telling you? White, whiteness is at a premium. That's telling you whiteness, that's telling you whiteness is at a premium, and whiteness is always going to be at a premium, regardless if it hurts them dumbasses. That's what happened in Colorado and what happened in Arizona? (laughs) Kelly and Hickenlooper beat the Republicans. And, And why is that? Why is that in Arizona? In Arizona, the only reason the only reason they won in Arizona, if we're gonna be honest about it, is because of the Latino, and that and that's just gonna feel feel their fire to want power like they just demanded five out of fifteen seats. Who gives them the right to even think about demanding five out of fifteen seats? That's what you say to now. And that and that's the start. And that's all I can say to that. Oh, that's there you go. You don't you don't just come in and, and, and bum rush them and get twenty five or you don't get those numbers yet. You got to wait. You have to fight that, for that. That's called Jay, that's called a third, Alpha. That's called that's called a third. Thirty-three percent. That's lawyers only get that. You don't do what they did and have the right See, in the arrogance, and what we as black people don't get, these bastards are basically telling you, F you blacks, because we demanded that we have more of a percentage than you do, or equal percentage. Remember, this is what black people never get. We built the effing country. If it wasn't for us, they wouldn't be here. They'd be back in Spain or somewhere else. You can't come and now dominate me. But the thing is, black folks don't understand that and realize that, that these individuals are trying to become your new slave master. And the way this country is set up right now and the way things are going, you're already at the bottom of the list. The only person in worse shape in all economic and social areas in this country is the Native Americans, but every other ethnic group is basically doing better than African Americans if you look at the statistics and the truth be told, but nobody want to address and deal with that. So that's why a, a, a Latino group 
who represents all Latinos to make a demand on Joe Biden that we want five seats. The arrogance of them. But y'all won't get that. Y'all let that slip because you're always thinking about having coalitions with your enemy. The gays done did it to you already. Right? Women done did it to you already. Everybody done did it to you. We ain't even talking about the Jew. We don't even have to put them in the equation because the Jew, they don't play nobody no more. They do whatever the F they feel like. But now you're about to let the Latinos come in and dominate you and put another nail in your coffin, and you're too stupid to realize it because you want to be in coalition with everybody. You You and I are single individuals. We see it, but there's not much that we can do about it. Jay, I got well, to take this break. Hey, you know what you could do about it? You know what you could do about it? I'll talk about it. I got to take this break, Jay. All right. The Vice President of the United States of The vice president, a direct exposure to multiple persons who have contracted COVID-19, was intending later to go to the Senate for the Supreme Court vote, then he wasn't sure. If he went, he should have been stopped by the sergeant-at-arms of the Senate, if necessary, and detained by Capitol Police for posing the same risk. Mr. Pence, potentially a traveling one-man super-spreader, should have been, if he fulfilled his original schedule, intercepted by district police on the way to the Amy Coney Barrett event at the White House and prevented from entering the grounds, as should the president, who has today abandoned his oath of office, who has made a premeditated decision to not even try anymore to save Americans' lives and health. He has admitted he has been defeated by this virus. Today, he advised Americans, quote, The fake news media is riding COVID, COVID, COVID all the way to the election, losers, and cases up because we test, 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 a fake news media conspiracy. Many young people who heal very fast. Corrupt media conspiracy at all-time high. On November 4th, topic will totally change. Vote. Correct. Americans who Donald Trump and Mike Pence have not yet killed should vote next Tuesday. Donald Trump is betting his presidency on getting away with betting your life. He has abrogated the responsibilities of his office and is no longer, in anything but legal form, the president of this country. He should be removed from office by any legal means today. None of this will happen, of course, simply because the president has now declared his intention to let a pernicious, contagious virus without cure or mitigating treatment sweep across the nation he once pretended to swear to protect That doesn't mean that the purpose of having a government and the purpose of the founding of this nation will somehow take precedence over the layer upon layer of insulation built around the office of president these last 231 years. By any practical measure, Trump is no longer the president. Realistically, he has reduced himself to simply serving as COVID-19's accomplice and accessory. He is at this moment a mortal threat to every citizen of this nation, the team of Trump 45 and COVID-19. In a world where government existed to serve rather than to rule, he would have been on a plane to North Korea now seeking asylum. This is not that world. Nor, of course, will Pence be arrested or even prevented from potentially transmitting the virus to the public. He literally broke the law 
with an assembly of 650 when local pandemic ordinances in Hibbing limit crowd size to 250. He also brought that pillow clown guy with him. But the idea of a confrontation between the self-exalted VP, which for him might as well stand for vainly pious, and local health authorities and local law enforcement is unfortunately the stuff of fiction. Then again, so is the entirety of the Trump administration. Even by the guidelines of the White House's own hapless, useless, cynical coronavirus task force, those who test positive and those who are close to them are supposed to quarantine for two weeks. The task force, like the vice president, like the president, have abandoned us by abandoning their previous insistence that they had or would control the pandemic. And we know that they've ditched control the pandemic by carefully parsing the words of Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, quote, we're not going to control the pandemic. Meadows has today insisted that the task force is not surrendering to the virus and that only Joe Biden is because he's wearing a mask. And oh, by the way, the chairman of this useless, derelict, criminally negligent task force is Vice President Mark Pence. For CDC and local health law guidelines, Pence is a direct exposure to at least one and as many as five close colleagues who have contracted COVID-19. As such, no matter what his personal COVID test results are at the moment, Pence is a manifest danger to the health of everyone with whom he comes into contact. And we have laws preventing such people from just going wherever they please. And most of those laws date to the 19th and even 18th centuries. If you have ever heard the name Typhoid Mary, she really existed. Her real name was Mary Fallon. She was a cook for several families in metropolitan New York in the first decade of the 20th century. She was an asymptomatic carrier of the deadly typhoid fever. But because she herself never got sick, she refused to stop handling food that she served to others. She infected 53 people. She killed three of them. She was arrested and detained, and she sued, insisting that since she didn't feel sick, she couldn't possibly be sick, and she was ordered released. She then became a cook in restaurants. Typhoid outbreaks followed her wherever she worked, and in 1915, she was finally quarantined on an island off Manhattan and spent 23 years there until she died, still insisting she wasn't sick and she'd gotten nobody sick. Today, the Republicans would nominate her for office. Fourteen years ago, a crazed Republican who idolized Ann Coulter, Laura Ingram, and Katherine Harris sent packages of white powder, which he claimed were anthrax, to me and five other media and political figures. It wasn't anthrax. The FBI and the DHS, who handled the three mailings that I received, were confident and supportive and professional, and so was I. And even though we were personally certain there was no anthrax, when I chuckled at their advice that I should go to the hospital in the middle of the night for tests to make certain, they reminded me that they could arrest me and force me to go. They won't arrest Pence. They could certainly prevent these rallies. Those health laws could also prevent Trump's rallies. USA Today now reports that after at least five of Trump's rallies since the middle of August, COVID-19 cases grew at a faster rate in those municipalities than before he went there. After Trump's rally at the central Wisconsin airport on September 17th, the state saw COVID infections grow by 29%. Where the airport is in Marathon County, they grew by 67%. The president is Typhoid Mary. When Trump first tried an indoor rally in Tulsa in June, officials at the sports arena there placed don't sit here stickers 
on many seats to try to enforce some social distancing. Trump campaign staffers removed the stickers. A month later, Trump shill and Tulsa attendee Herman Cain died of COVID-19. But don't worry. Sure, the country just recorded its highest seven-day average for new cases, not the highest since March or April, the highest period. The pandemic is out of control, but don't worry. Jared Kushner is fine. People in the West Wing who've gotten it so far, it's been fairly benign cases, the legacy hire said this morning. People do get it, and obviously once that happens, you just have to make sure that you get the right care and that you're taking care of yourself. The translation from whatever language this pinhead scumbag, this definition of some idiot's idiotic son-in-law, I didn't die from it, so why should I worry about you? Happily, if you do get it, you have now seen the White House big book of health care plans, which propaganda Barbie, Kaylee McEnany, trotted out for the benefit of Leslie Stahl of CBS last night. It was the size of a prop Bible from a movie, and it contained a bunch of executive orders and a lot of blank pages and not one paragraph of an actual health care plan. And now comes the planned White House event for the confirmation of Sarah Palin with a better vocabulary, Amy Coney Barrett, to the Supreme Court. Just in case anybody missed their parting gift from Donald Trump at the last event for this accursed judge, free exposure to COVID-19. That's COVID-19, which is right now the real president of the United States. And that's who an extra 9 million people voted for. They voted for that. They voted for children in cages. They voted for someone with a top 50, a top 50 reason why you should not, should not vote for Donald Trump. I'm a little um, afraid to run it by you, but um, I think we should um, we should at least hear it. We should at least give it give it good reason. <laughs> we should at least. Be kind to it. Let me put it like that. How about that? Let's just let's just be kind to it. I think I want to talk to Janice. Five one six. Janice, are you there? <laughs> Listen, how did Jay get into the cookie sherry tonight? <laughs> well. <laughs> You know, Jay, I had I, I was waiting. I called Wait a minute! Jay. It's it's because it's because it's Friday the thirteenth, and why is he yelling? Yeah, it is. Oh my he God! The said, yelling. Yeah, he. But see, Jay, Jay has to. Jay looks at that as a technique of how you basically control the narrative of you know the conversation. It's not a, once he gets to that point. It's not. No longer a debate. It's a, you know, it's just an opinionated you know spot. That's why I enjoy talking with Jay. Um, I can let him go on and on, and he normally he just parrots the things 
I had said that he comes in in the middle of his show and argues about things that I've already said on this show. And we, I, you know, I give it to him. He wasn't listening at the time, or he wouldn't have had nothing to say. Yeah, you, you, but, uh, you always have to ask him, "Were you listening?" Uh, yeah, you know, he got to ask him. And and I was, uh, I was, I was looking for him, but I was also looking for David. You remember David six one two? I'm telling you, David was a troll. Oh, don't tell me that, Janice. She broke my heart. I wanted to tell people. She wanted to tell me how people is over. You know, um, this is how this is how the troll. This is how the troll farms work. That they give a list of certain programs for trolls to call into. And they give a character profile. You know, it's the vapid white supremacist or it's the I'm a black man and I'm trying to be reasoned and I'm not a Democrat or and I'm not a Republican. I'm a and, and Trump uh, economy is a big thing that we ought to consider. And another one, another profile that David always uses is, but what about the GNP? What about the the national debt? I, I, you know, we've been around enough to know, but but anyway, I think you and I think you and Jay um, got into some weeds that really do have to be examined. But one of the things that we always forget in this conversation is the role that PACs play. And and I was listening, uh, Alpha, as you laid out the senators that were not expected to retain their seats who did. And my proposal, my proposal to you is that the uh, impeachment hearings and the Senate trial taught foreign um, uh, people who would interfere in our election that maybe it's not the presidency that is so vital. Maybe it is vital in destabilizing democracy in this country. Maybe it's the Senate. And I can see where the strategists are sitting in the back, we're sitting in the background and saying, wait a minute, the Senate can damn near stop everything that this huge uh, uh, partisan democratic house uh, can uh, initiate. So, and who are the people that we need to be afraid of? But they're doing two things: Trump, Trump, the Trump Trumpers, the what I call Trump's crime commission, uh, this transnational crime organization that he runs. 
it is very vital in this country to understand that the capitalists depend upon foreign money. And Russian oligarchs, billionaires of Saudi Arabia, billionaires of Turkey, billionaires of Syria, depend on being able to finance operations, companies, uh, electoral campaigns by funneling money into the United States. At one time, we were a country that money laundering meant the mafia. Well, there's a new mafia in town. <laughs> And this capitalist, I mean, one one of the ways in which you can see it is the divide within the cap, capitalist structure in this, the, the corporate and capitalist structure in this country. And that is by seeing the old guard, which is the Koch, um, people like Charles Koch, um, and the Russian Mafia, the other Middle Eastern Mafias, Chinese and Saudi Arabian moneyed um, operations in this country. Much of that money, not the Coke people, but much of that money on that other side of the fracture, the new Mafia, that money has to be laundered in here because it, we have laws that forbid countries, individuals, oligarchs, um, um, Turkish operatives from bringing so much money, which is why Deutsche Bank was so important in all of this, and I think that they're still going to be important aside from the fact that they illegally loaned Donald Trump over $250 million because banks like that are acting as a pass-through. They didn't loan... Donald Trump 200 and Deutsche Bank didn't loan Donald Trump 250 million dollars. 200 300 million dollars went into banks in the Ukraine and other places because the oligarchs uh Cyprus is one of those places because money cannot come directly into a U.S. banking entity. So they did things like, and this is how you can trace Trump's association with uh, Russian uh, oligarchs. 
Trump buys a place, has a buys a place in Palm Beach. He pays forty five million dollars for it or whatever. Uh, a Russian oligarch shows up and he pays Trump ninety five million dollars for it. Well, somewhere between forty five million and ninety five million, which is um, a lot of money. That money was for something, and one of the things that that money was for was to be able to get it into the banking, the U.S. banking system. So we we have to look at all of that. And Manchin is, you know, as I said to you when we were talking earlier, the the Democratic machine, the PACs, are going to hold Manchin The other is if Warnock and Ossoff are not elected, Manchin will be a man, a, 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 a emperor with no clothes. So um, they're going to put a lot of energy into these Georgia Senate races. And I think black people have to really understand that Georgia is us at this point. Otherwise, um, there's going to be, (coughs) excuse me, a war going on within the Democratic Party. And Mitch McConnell will have the same kind of control that he has now. With the exception, yeah, with the exception that Mitch McConnell wasn't as strong politically in Kentucky as he has always been. Kentucky sent a message to him. Kentucky sent a message in North Carolina, because you're only talking about 12,000 votes different. In South Carolina, in Maine... In Arkansas, in Georgia with Purdue, and in Texas, you will not be able to convince me that there was an interference. Because interference at that level, Alpha, I'll finish this and and then I'll be quiet. Interference at, at in those places to to keep a hole in the Senate is a much bigger um, cache of power and control than is the White House. And Donald Trump demonstrated that. Right. I'm going to say this again. This is uh, Justice Roberts and those in the Supreme Court who brought us Citizens United and the dark money and the dark money pact, they have enabled this type of funding to seep into the political system. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at Rob Rob Johnson and that whole contingent, which included Cornyn, which included Cotton. They all went and had dinner with with Putin and his top uh, staff. Oligarchs. No, they didn't have, they had, but there was an official Russian dinner. Putin didn't attend, but all of his top colonels or whatever they call them. So, you know, black people can run around talking about, well, the Russia thing is just a hoax. There's nothing about the Russia. There is everything about the Russia because the Russia is now funding both Democrats and Republicans. And they're doing it differently. I mean, nobody, nobody in the in the how many days we had to wait until we knew what the hell was going on. Nobody in those five days, even after the multiple amounts of intelligence was telling us that they were going to interfere. Nobody talked about interference. Nobody said, "Well, wait a minute." Susan Collins was down twenty eight. Points in the polls. How did she win? Nobody talked about well, that. Well, what they've what they've done is they've basically rendered the polling systems useless, and they're not happy. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I, I think that happy. one of the things we've got to start talking about and got to start um, really examining. You know, I have been fighting with the the the, the black left, the black um, neocons, the black everybody, and one of the things that we've got to start asking ourselves questions about: how much ideology are we going to stand on while black people are losing? have the potential of losing their homes. I mean, some of this stuff, Biden is not going to be able, even if he were inclined to do so, Biden is not going to be able to turn around in time to save black poor people. Well, Game up already. That's right. That's right. So... I think that one of the things, Alpha, is you got to stop. I got I got to talk with Jay about yelling. Jesus, he gave me a headache. He killed my wine. That was my last bo- bottle of Matua, and he killed it. Just knocked it out. But anyway, you know we love Jay and um, the Jays in our fam. Jay's part of the family, and we have to somehow. Um, you know, Jay's the, the 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 uncle who smokes a cigarette and and he talks while the cigarette's smoking in his you know in his mouth and the ashes going everywhere. But anyway, I think we've we've got to talk about that. I am going to spend some time tomorrow on on my show uh, to talk about it, and I, I'm not going. to tell you, uh, Alpha, that you didn't take a break. 
But sometimes we have to take a break. No, you didn't take a break. Don't don't even try it. (laughs) Don't even try it. Um, So uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night, we're going to be looking at the bill is now overdue. And my guest is going to be Dr. Miriam uh, Bettis-Harris. She has been with us a number of times. She's the chair of American Studies at McAllister College in Minnesota. So, you know, she's also, I think it's really important. Uh, She did her doctoral fellowship at the Institute on Race and Poverty, uh, at the University of Minnesota, and she's the author of Black Feminist Politics from Kennedy to Obama. And I, I just and I, I and and, be, and Black Girl Magic Beyond the Hashtag. And I, I think it's really important for us to examine the role that Black women played in ensuring that. Um, we were strategically organized uh, around the country um, to support this democratic campaign. Uh, The other is I think it's important for us to look at, we know what Joe Biden brings to the table, but at this level we need to look at what we can expect, what we want from the translator, and Kamala Harris is going to play a critical role in translating for Joe Biden. You know, and I've always said that one of the reasons that he, I was in the room, um, uh, I was in the room, I was on the back, in the background of the negotiation around getting the testimony of Anita Hill. And Joe Biden screwed that up royally. And it was for a a, a number of reasons. Um, My remembrance of it is that Ted Kennedy didn't speak to Joe Biden for almost two weeks, and Ted Kennedy was on the committee, on the Judiciary Committee. So I think we need to, you know, kind of do this. And I am, I can't have him figured out the date yet, but I am going to go back to, um, I I think it might be Wednesday, since you're not on Wednesday anymore, uh, having post hoc for our common ground, you know, after the event and we need to talk about it because you know, I'm co- I'm concerned about we we still have to go with with the events. And I'm concerned that we still haven't talked about what occurred on my show talking about three different four different ideologies in in relationship to the democracy. So I'm going to go, Alpha. Thank you, unless you have a question for right, me. Then. When are you going to take no, a no, break? No, no, I don't. I'm, I'm going to take a break. i got to talk to Jay before I go. i got five minutes to talk to Jay. 
You got more than five minutes. Bye. <laughs> Jay, you still there? Yeah, I want okay. me. Hey, listen. Let me let me tell Janice something right quick. Janice, leave that wine alone and get you some weed. It'll be better for you. You, you, you pass the wine stage. Weed, weed is more helpful for you at your age. All right. I'm sorry to say that, and I'm not being ageist at all. But listen, Alpha, my man, we got a lot of work to do. So. The reality is I'm glad to know that you understand what's about to happen. I'm just hoping that other people see what's about to happen and are able to to do what they got to do because, of, you know, unfortunately, they're not talking about the suffering that's going on in our communities because of COVID. You know, there's so much more to what's happening to black people right now than getting this fool out of office. The question becomes, once he gets out of office, in all honesty, is there going to be any country, you know? Because um, people are doing bad, man. you got a homeless crisis that's coming and that's going on right now in almost the wintertime coming. you got a food shortage. you got food prices skyrocketing. And you know what the funny thing is, Alpha? Now, I don't know if you noticed it or not. You know, gas prices are lower than ever, but food prices are getting higher and higher. That just don't make well, sense to me. Well, Jay, let me put it like this. Gas prices are going down because of the structure of how they're getting their gas and who they're getting it from, the oil. Okay, we don't we don't uh, uh, import as much oil as we used to, so thus it's going down. But we don't feed, we don't grow as much as we used to. Soybeans and whatever, whatever, whatever the other crop is that China was buying from us, Trump's. Uh, trade war did to his farmers, yeah. and he and he put them on so he put them on welfare, socialism. But you know the funny thing. Dollars. But you know the funny thing about that alpha is this: the government is supposed to, if we're going to be honest about it, find new territories to sell products that are grown in this country. That's something that Trump did. That's why I couldn't understand why the people in these farm states voted for the dumbass. Because the reality, he destroyed destroyed the the soybean industry. It's destroyed. Because Biden isn't going to do for them what Trump did for them. So it's destroyed. So now you've got to figure out where they're going to go to recoup the losses of, of the soybeans. China's not going to buy yeah. from them anymore. You know what I mean? That market is done. They get their, they get their soybeans from Brazil, and, and right. you know, they shop it. They didn't, they didn't find new places to, to get their stuff now, from. Now, do you know, I got to get out of here. Okay, one last thing, Opal. Uh, um, 
of our folks. Think about this. Do you know that we right now, I think, bring in more food from China than we deliver to China? Think about that. Absolutely. And have a good week. Catch up with you later. Hold that. All right. Take care, Dave. All right. Uh, I want to thank Janice twice. I want to thank Jay twice. But let me put it like this, like I always say. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Good night, everyone, and thank you for listening. This has been another exciting episode of the Alpha Show. We appreciate your listenership. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show. Join us next Wednesday, 10 p.m. That's where we are. And that's why it's almost the bewitching hour. It's almost checkmate. It's almost that time. The time is of no return. It's almost the time when we won't be able to recover because recovery simply will not be in the cards for us. We cannot, I repeat, we cannot continue down this road because this road is headed for the ultimate dead end.